welcome to the Tao of Our Understanding Recovery Podcast. In this podcast, we discuss mystical works of literature and how they relate to recovery. We hope you enjoy today's podcast episode. Yo, what's going on? What's happening? Uh, just looking at 58 this morning. 58. Our last one. We've. Did we do it? <laughs> We will, as of today, we would have discussed every chapter, all 81. Now, you know, a lot of them we did not do a recording of, but we talked about all of them. Yeah. Is there like a diploma or something? Just emptiness, hopefully. Yeah. A reward (laughs) of emptiness. Marshall Davis? responded yeah. i was sending emails to the wrong email and he would love to come on I'm, and talk with us i'm really interested in that you know like the overlap of you know uh like Taoist thought and christianity all that stuff yeah i am too i think that would be enough of a conversation without having any thing in particular to discuss because we but, we all have a similar path. His is just uh, I think he's much farther than we are, you know. But he's he's on a similar path. So I would like to see how he arrived. Uh, we you know I've heard him his testimony so to speak in one of his podcasts. He talks about it. It's close to the beginning. He talks about how he started this journey. So I would love to hear how it happened for him. So the 58th chapter, I was just going through the Jonathan Star, seeing what our make-your-own translation would look like. Oh, sure. You just want to read the four this time, or what do you want to do? Yeah, I mean, whatever. We can do all of them or part of them or whatever. Let's just read them all. All right. When the country is ruled with a light hand, the people are simple. When the country is ruled with severity, the people are cunning. Happiness is rooted in misery. Misery lurks beneath happiness. Who knows what the future holds? There is no honesty. Honesty becomes dishonest. Goodness becomes witchcraft. Man's bewitchment lasts for a long time. Therefore, the sage is sharp but not cutting, pointed but not piercing, straightforward but not unrestrained, brilliant but not binding, or brilliant but not blinding. Okay. All right. Um, If a country is governed with tolerance, the people are comfortable and honest. If a country is governed with repression, the people are depressed and crafty. When will the when the will to power is in charge, the higher the ideals, the lower the results. Try to make people happy and you lay the groundwork for misery. Try to make people moral and you lay the groundwork for vice. Thus, the master is content to serve as an example and not to impose her will. She is pointed, 
but doesn't pierce. Straightforward, but supple. Radiant, but easy on the eyes. Okay. If a government is unobtrusive, the people become whole. If a government's repressive, repressive, the people become treacherous. Good fortune has its roots in disaster, and disaster lurks with good fortune. Who knows why these things happen, or when this cycle will end? Good things seem to change into bad, and bad things often turn out for good. These things have always been hard to comprehend, thus the master makes things change without interfering. She is probing, yet causes no harm. Straightforward, yet does not impose her will. Radiant and easy on the eye. Well, okay. When a nation is ruled with a light touch, people lead simple lives. When a government is harsh and demanding, people will spend their time trying to outsmart it. Happiness is rooted in misery, and misery lurks beneath all joy. Who knows what could happen tomorrow? Everything is relative. What's considered proper today may become improper. Correct appearances may hide dishonesty and sinfulness. No wonder so many people get confused. The masters have sharp minds, not sharp tongues. They are austere, but never judgmental. They are straightforward, but not proactive. They are brilliant, but not flashy. Okay, I got a new book this week. It's The Tao of Recovery by Jerry L. Okay. Here's Do I? There seems to be a Tao of almost everything nowadays. So, but Several Tao's of Recovery. So this is his interpretation of the 58th chapter or 58th verse. The Tao tells us that the government that stands apart is the one that the people are most receptive to. It teaches us that when it interferes, the people slip away. The true elders of recovery make no attempt to govern. Guiding is not governing. To allow things to take their natural course will help to reduce enabling. My recovery is not yours. Your recovery is not mine. I learn from you. You learn from me. And we do not interfere. I learn from you, and you learn from me. And we do not interfere. Have, I like this. Uh, to allow things to take their natural course will help to reduce enabling. I can see that. Yeah. Let's see. You want to you wanna throw the Tao of Christ in there just for good measure, as long as we're reading it? We'll have him next week. We might as well. Um, oh, man. Starts off with some good politics here. Oh, yeah, that's what I mean. Uh, When government is small, everything runs smoothly. When government is intrusive, the people push back. Unhappiness cannot exist without happiness. Happiness would not be known without unhappiness. This cycle never ceases and is without limits. Normal breeds abnormal. Good gives birth to bad. This dance of opposites is the fabric of everyday life. Christ acts, but does not coerce. He is bold, 
but does not attack. He is righteous, but does not judge. He is light, but does not blind. My notes from a prior. It's a tough one. Do what? I don't know. It sounds like a tough one, you know. Maybe acceptance. Sure. And with every action, there's a equal and opposite reaction. You know, when we push, there's pushback. There's always that yeah. pendulum swinging. And yeah. the further, further we push the pendulum in one direction, we're going to create the opposite action by pushing it so far. So it would seem to me that the goal would be to live above the pendulum where there is no push and push back. Or, yeah. It's interesting how it says you try to make people happy and you lay the groundwork for misery. Try to make people moral and you lay the groundwork for vice, the opposites. So you push it in one direction, you let it go, it's got to go back the other direction. Like the swing set, you know, you push the further you push your friend up on the swing set, the further they're going to go back. You know, you remember that where you'd push them up and you'd run all the way through and push them up as high as you could. Yeah, yeah, sure. And that's they want to go higher, and you go higher by pushing them higher. They're going to go back the other way. I mean, it's just the pendulum swing, you know. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think this that's a this is is probably a good example of. You know, even though it's talking about the government, you know, it very easily applies to your own life, you know, your own personal life. You know, uh, when he talked about the good and the bad, that the good seems, good things seem to change into bad. Bad things often turn out for good. Yeah. That pendulum. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, it's the, that, you know, the more you force, the more you force things to happen, you know, the more unintended consequences you're going to have, you know. Yeah, that's it's, why I uh, said, yeah. Then it gives the mass what the master does to kind of live above the pendulum. Mm-hmm. It's content to serve as an example, not to impose her will. Not to push. She's pointed, but doesn't pierce. Straightforward, but supple. Radiant, but not, but easy on the eyes. Not blinding. Not radiant, but pretty. But you know, but radiant. I tell you, I've never been accused of. I've never been accused of being easy on the eyes. That's why we're doing a podcast. You know. We're, we're, I'm radio material. I am not TV material. Let's see. What, what is, we'll read the, this is the Mitchell commentary. Okay. Uh, chapter 58, second stanza. I've improvised here. The text reads, prosperity rests on disaster. Disaster is hidden in prosperity. Who knows the line that separates them? The normal becomes the perverted. The good becomes the monstrous. People 
have long been confused about this. I wonder if there, you know, there's like all this like good and bad stuff, you know, there's some, you know, and like one of the earlier verses, you know, talks about, you know, has this, this opposites thing is kind of a recurring theme, you know, like opposites being mutual, they, you know, creating each other. Right. It feels like, it feels like there's also this element of, at least in this verse, you know, some uh, saying just, you know, have some humility, you know, like you don't, the the stuff that you consider good, you don't really know how it's all going to work out. The stuff that you consider bad, you don't really know how it's all going to work out. Um, that kind of thing, you know. I have a note down here to reference the Taoist farmer on this one. Yeah, that's that's the uh, that's the story I was thinking about. Oh, cool. I was afraid we talked about it too many times, so. <laughs> Hey, it applies a lot. Why not? And it applies to this one, too. I think that we've got recurring themes through uh, these uh, verses, you know, probably three or four if we were. We've never identified them. But for me, this one would be acceptance. But this theme of accepting life like it is without, you know, the whole point is to be happy in what's going on, not necessarily to try to change what's going on. Mm-hmm. You want to share that story? I I mean I don't I don't know it well enough. I I don't know if we've well now that I think of it, I don't know that anything that's been recorded we've told it. You can retell it just for reference, but I mean I know the story you're talking about. Everyone tells it a little differently, but uh, the way I've heard it that I liked the best was that it was a Dallas farmer. He was a farmer and had uh, had a horse that he used on the farm to farm with. And his horse ran away. And his neighbors came up and said, isn't it awful that your horse ran away? How are you going to work your farm? What are you going to do? Mm-hmm. And he said, I don't know. Maybe it's good. Maybe it's bad. Maybe it's not. I, I don't know. A few days later, the horse shows up again with several wild horses so now he's got all these extra horses his neighbors come up again say isn't it wonderful that your horse ran off and brought all these wild horses back now you can sell them and and you're a rich man maybe it is maybe it isn't i have no idea really you know it's good or bad Mm -hmm. then his son was out breaking the horses, getting them ready to sell, got bucked off and broke his leg, laid up in bed, not able to help with the farm. Neighbors again. I think I would get me some new neighbors or quit having them come around. (laughs) Isn't it awful that your son broke his leg and now he can't help you on the farm? Maybe it is, maybe it isn't. His answer is the same to everything, right? Good or bad, perceived. Yeah. Then the army comes by, confiscating all the young men to fight in a war that they probably will not come home from, probably will die in battle. They could not take his son because his leg was broke. Neighbors again. Isn't it great your son's leg was broke that he didn't have to go to a war? 
Maybe it is, maybe it isn't. <laughs> Same answer every time, no matter how extreme the circumstances are. Real good, real bad. You know, I would have answered half those things as, you know, God, God doing for me what I couldn't do for myself. You know, all that stuff that we use, you know, when things happen that we can't, you know, that we perceive as good. You know, this is wonderful, you know. And when it's bad, it's this too shall pass or, you know, some something that, you know, you know, that we don't understand, you know, what the outcomes, you know, all those things that we use, you know, to we may not say those things, but in our head, you know, we'll go through them or I do, you know. Well, I don't yeah. know how this is going to turn out. It might look bad, but maybe maybe it'll. It, I know it'll turn out for good. Maybe maybe I have to get my gratitude list out. I didn't see mm-hmm. the Dallas farmer getting his gratitude list out, or or talking about God doing these great things for him that he could never figure out. You know, none of that. One of the things I, one of the things I that that I heard you know in recovery that it helps uh, me a lot was somebody said. Um, Everything changes. No, it doesn't matter what it is. Everything changes. It's yeah, the good, only thing that does not change is changes. that everything changes. Yeah. Yeah. That's the only consistent. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I was thinking about that uh, verse that says that hope is as hollow as fear. Yeah. That hope and fear are both illusions. I've heard it said that way, too. That really yeah. would fit with the Taoist farmer. Mm-hmm. Hope and fear are the extremes, right? The pendulums. Maybe when we're afraid and we push toward a fear, we're going to create hope to try to bring us back to the middle. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've got a list here of the personal applications of this, of how a description of the sage. Okay. Uh, one, the sage was content. Two, the sage was an example. Three, the sage did not impose her will on others. Four, she had a sharp mind, but not a sharp tongue. Five, she was not judgmental. Six, she was not straightforward, or she was straightforward. Seven, she was brilliant, but not flashy. Eight, she makes things change without interfering. I just had those notes from a previous look at this chapter. Maybe, maybe where we, you know, we've recorded all these chapters in, with the group. And yeah. some of my notes from, I think, a group discussion on this. If you look back through, if anyone look, that's listening that doesn't know, they can go back through our old episodes and go. We've, we've discussed every chapter at least once, if not multiple times. At, at one point yeah. in this self-translation, it says, is there no right or wrong? <laughs> They're asking the question, "Is it? does it really matter? What is it, you know? Yeah. You know, straightforward and normal things change into abnormal, deceitful, crafty things. The good changes into evil. The people have gone astray for a long time. Therefore, now we get to see how the sage does it. The sage is sharp, but not cutting. Has integrity. Let's see, it's 
uh, honest, has integrity, yet does not hurt or pierce or injure. Well, I've seen people that sometimes have integrity that use it as a as a way to damage people, you know, as a way to hurt. They want to cut you up with their righteousness kind of thing, you know. Because the sage doesn't do that. Straight as a line, straightforward, direct, honest, consistent, does not deviate, yet does not overreach, is not a bully, is not tactless, doesn't owe is not correct at the expense of others. Mm. Brilliant, enlightened, but yet does not blind. Uses one's discrimination to see all things equally and not using the sharpness of the intellect to cut up or divide the world into differences. Yeah. Straightens without stretching might mean aligning one's actions with heavenly, with heaven naturally without forcing things. The sage shows people their own inner light and they are guided by that light. He does not shine the light on himself. That's good. In other words, he does not, he lets others talk about his accomplishments not himself. I think that's the whole idea of living above this pendulum, you know, like we could live right here in the point above it, like, like the middle breast. Yeah. The the middle. Uh, The, uh, yeah, that's the, uh, I guess that's the thing. It is interesting. You know, if, if you're talking about a pendulum, you know, you mentioned earlier, they were, talking about the uh you know the right or wrong you know this is this is definitely you know of, of probably of all of the verses you know is is there that makes you ask the question you know is there any such thing as right or wrong this one definitely gets you to that question for sure which I don't know what the answer is. I, I, I don't even, I'm not sure that it would even, that from this verse, you could say there's no such thing as right or wrong. I think more than anything, it's just saying you don't know what that is. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's not that it doesn't exist. It's just that you're not a, you're not in a position to, to make that final judgment of, you know, is this, is this right or wrong, you know, because of how intertwined they always are. That takes me back to how I used to pray for things or pray for things to be a particular way based on my perception of what I needed. Yeah. And that has moved to me never praying anything for me at all because I really don't know what I need. Yeah. Yeah. That's the same thing, isn't it? I think so. Yeah. That's some of the, like, you know, the, some of the Lord's prayer stuff, you know, thy kingdom come, thy will be done because I mean, what is my will? 
you know, what is my idea of what should happen? But, you know, a terrible guess. Yeah, you know, this idea that the that the that the good's rooted in the bad and the bad is rooted in the good and that they're all connected. And we really don't understand what we need. I mean, how many times in my life is something bad, what I perceived as bad ended up being something really good and vice versa. Mm-hmm. So I, I have difficulty now asking God for anything. Even the Bible says that God knows what you have need of before you ask. If he does, then why ask? Mm-hmm. If he already knows, it's not like God has short-term memory problems and he can't figure this out. And Oh, I forgot that, you know, buddy needed this. I'm glad he, thank you for reminding me, buddy. I'll get right on that. You know, that whole idea is kind of, it's been thrown out. Yeah. Yeah. This, I think, I mean, the whole idea is to call into question, you know, what you really need, you know, instead of, uh, you know, instead of imposing your will on, you know, instead of imposing your idea of the way it should be on, on God or the universe, or this is, or on others. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's what happens to me. If I'm upset about something, I take it out on everyone else and myself. Yeah. That I'm doing something wrong that, you know, how about this from page 417 in the uh, big book? And acceptance is the answer to all my problems today. When I am disturbed, it is because I find some person, place, thing, or situation, some fact of my life unacceptable to me. And I can find no serenity until I accept that person, place, thing, or situation as being exactly the way it's supposed to be at this moment. Nothing, absolutely nothing happens in God's world by mistake. Until I could accept my alcoholism, I could not stay sober. Unless I accept life completely on life's terms, I cannot be happy. I need to concentrate not so much on what needs to be changed in the world as on what needs to be changed in me and my attitudes. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to skip on down. When I complain about me or about you, I'm complaining about God's handiwork. I am saying that I know better than God. Mm -hmm. Today, I find it's the best thing that has ever happened. Talking about alcoholic, being an alcoholic. Best thing has ever happened to me. This proves I don't know what's good for me. In other words, it was good for him to be an alcoholic. One of the things that seemed so horrible ended up being good. Yeah. And if I don't know what's good for me, then I don't know what's good or bad for you or for Mm -hmm. anyone. So I'm better off if I don't give advice, don't figure I know what's best, and just accept life on life's terms as it is today, especially my own life as it actually is. Before AA, AA, I judged myself by my intentions while the world was judging me by my actions. That's the 58th verse. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. It's all acceptance. Maybe it is, maybe it isn't. You know, shrug your shoulders at whatever's going on. Smile at it. 
you know, whatever it is, good or bad, if it's starting to upset you, just smile. Yeah. I don't know. That's what I try to do. I like, I like that idea of acceptance a lot. And at least, at least for me, I, I find that a lot of times it's tied up a lot in with uh, humility. Because if there's, if, if there's something that I can't, it's, I mean, it's, it's very much the, you know, the page you just read, you know, if, if there's something that I find unacceptable or un, you know, uncomfortable or whatever, a lot of times it's, I think I have a better idea of how it should be. And if you can, if you can notice those things and like, you know, uh, take a moment to, you know, think about things like, you know, like this verse that says, uh, you know, good fortune has its roots in disaster. Disaster lurks with good fortune. Who knows why? The, who knows why these things happen, or when the cycle will end? You you don't know why it's happening. Whatever it is happening, you don't know why, and you don't know that this is the end of the thing. After the you know whatever happens, if it's so bad or so good, whatever it is, it's going to be over, and the next thing's going to happen. You know what I mean? And uh, good things change into bad. Bad things often turn out for good. Uh, these have always been hard things to comprehend. This is, this is what it says right here. You know, the Bible talks about um, that, uh, you know, all things work together for good that are in Christ. Um, it also makes me think of, the you know the rain falls on the just and the unjust alike stuff just happens and uh didn't jesus say shit happens did he say that somewhere? i think i think so yeah that was <laughs> that was in there <laughs> that's uh that's that's one of them for sure the sermon on the mount i think that's next week with pastor here i'm gonna have to be on my best behavior well, I don't know. I doubt, I doubt he'd kick you off. <laughs> I'm going to be in control, so maybe he'll stay. Oh, <laughs> oh man. Yeah, you know, it's just acceptance, yeah. man. It, it's accepting the day. Is it, and it's interesting how in the Mitchell translation, the first description of the master is that he is content mm-hmm. to serve as an example and not to impose her will. That really is a good description of a of my warning flag of disturbance. That if I'm disturbed, there's something in me that needs to change. Yeah. Because I'm trying to run the show because I am not accepting life on life's terms. I want things to be different and I will not and I am not taking the steps necessary to get rid of that discontent. Yeah. I think what was it we were talking about or one of the groups or somebody was talking about the other day, not, you know, talking about like not even, and this is the real, this is the real place you want to be. I think it's when you to be able to get to the point where you don't even want people to change. You know what I mean? Um, 
Yeah, we were talking about that with acceptance. Is that yeah. one thing that we could a tool we can use for that when it's bothering us? And I tried this on my wife, and it actually worked because she has some little quirks that I just don't like. <laughs> she developed over time. Then I swear it was not her quirks when we first got together. Maybe I just didn't see them then, right? Anyway, I said, you know, whatever it was, I wouldn't even change that if I could about her. If I could take a magic wand and say whatever, and it was something little, like silly stuff, you know, but that's the stuff that annoys me the most. Sure. And I would say, uh, if I could get her to never put the butter back where it goes, and then complain because the butter's not where it's supposed to be. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> when she's the one that moved it, right? Yeah. Uh, if I, if even if I could change and her do put everything back where it's supposed to, in its place, mm-hmm. I would not change her. All of a yeah. sudden, it did not bother me as much. I mean, I know that's something little and annoying, but there's little annoying things. Uh, they're just I'm just that way, and yeah. I'm learning to just not be that way, you know, to, to accept her as she is. And that was a, that was a great tool to use for that. What's some tools you use for acceptance? <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know if this is a story about a, a great tool or not, but I was thinking about just very recently, <laughs> uh, my wife was trying to get me to, uh, to, to go along with something that she, she knew I didn't really like, you know? And, uh, and I was like, uh, I was like, you know what? I'm not, I'm not gonna, you're not going to get me to tell you what to do or not to do. You're not going to get me to, to, to say like, you know what my opinion is and you're not going to get me to, uh, you know, but, but I'm not going to tell you what you can and can't do. You know what I mean? I'm not going to tell you like, yes, you can go do this. No, you can't go do that. You you know, whatever. I'm not going to, I'm just not going to do it. And I was like, I might, you know, I might stuff it down deep inside and brood on it and be resentful about it for a long time, but I'm not going to tell you what to do. (laughs) And uh, she was like, well, that's as much, you know, that that's as much as I could ask from you or that, you know, it was, but, uh, yeah. So, and I'm not suggesting, I'm not suggesting that, uh, you know, stuffing it down inside and being resentful is a genuine solution, but it would be interesting to, to not have a will to impose, you know, it, I don't know. Well, the way I do that, we talked about the way with traffic is I think about that person being me. That's a tool I use for acceptance. Yeah. Well, and not not to get too weird. It's, she's uh, just so people don't think I'm talking about. We were talking about like a nickname for our kid, you know, and uh, she had one picked out and I didn't care for it as much. And uh, anyway. Um, but uh so I was like, I'm not going to tell you what you can call him, what you can't call him. Uh, I'm just going to be resentful about it. <laughs> but uh, anyway, I, I don't know. 
There's a lot of good tools we could use, though, if we're really having a problem accepting something or wanting to change something or some person about. For me, it started with who am I to have, do I have any right to impose my will on them? They have just as much of a, yeah, of a right to have their opinion as mine. This is humility, basic humility. Yeah. 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 When that's good. <laughs> Praying for them, for the resentment. If you've got a resentment against them, that's, that works for me in little things, just smiling at people when they start aggravating me helps. Yeah. I can't smile and be angry, a little anger at the same time. Yeah. Those kind of things help me with my acceptance. Yeah, I think so. And, and, you know, not to, we've probably, we've probably mentioned it almost every time we've ever talked, you know, but so much of this, you know, very easily ties back into meditation and stuff because it's, like the real secret to, I think, to, to dealing with any of these things is the first thing is to be aware they're happening. You know what I mean? And meditation helps, has helped a lot, has helped me a lot with that to be able to be in a moment and realize like, Hey, I'm trying to, I'm trying to, get this person to go along with what I want here. You know what I mean? Or I'm trying to, I'm trying to make it happen the way I want it to happen. And, uh, there's probably some things I need to let go of. And when you can recognize that in, in the moment and not like a week down the road, you know, it's, it's a lot easier to, it can be easier to correct once it doesn't dig itself in, you know? Another thing for me, too, is I used to think everyone was doing those things to me. Yeah. And I'm learning not to take anything personally now. Yeah. I mean, my my wife, the way she treats me is not even personal. She would treat mm-hmm. any husband she had that way. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that would be her response to any husband she had. It's not her responding to Buddy. You know, she's not picking yeah. on Buddy. She's just picking on, you know, she's insisting on her husband being that way, whoever her husband would be. If I hadn't yeah. married her and she had married someone different, they would be getting fussed at because the butter's in a different place too. <laughs> you know, and that makes, yeah. makes me, if I'm not taking it so personally, like they're attacking me and only me. Yeah then I don't feel as alone in it. I don't feel like I need to attack back as much. Yeah. It takes a degree of it away, you know? Some of that, uh, course in miracles stuff, I guess, you know, like they're, you're just like, everybody is always, we're either asking for love or sending love one or and the it, other. Yeah. It's interesting. You know, when I love you, I'm loving me, but when I'm attacking you, I'm also attacking me. Yeah both it's just interesting how i had a little epiphany on that maybe a week or two ago i don't think we've talked about it about the body and how mm-hmm. you know if we're all this big body and my hands infected i'm really and i continue to damage my hand 
and don't take care of my hand, I'm really hurting me. I saw it a little easier in that. You know, and so if I start taking care of my hand, I'm thinking my hand is separate from me, right? I don't like it. It's hurt in some way. It's infected, let's say. I've got a, a cut that's infected is a, something I could use. Well, if I don't bandage it and clean it and take the rest of the body to work on that, it makes the whole body hurt. And it, it could actually kill the rest of the body if I don't help the hand and in helping the hand, I'm really helping the rest of the body. So if I'm helping another part of the body, another person, then I'm really helping me. Mm -hmm. It's just interesting. Uh, we've talked about that some before, but I got an, another level of uh, knowing in that, you know, that it's a little more real. It's moving a little more toward heart knowledge. It's not there yet, but yeah. it's moving from head to heart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, you know, the person I'm trying to control is really me. Yeah. The problem's really not what they're doing. The problem is I'm not happy with me. Yeah. What's there? It's the great thing about AA. There's a, there's, there's a slogan for everything. Um, what's, what's the one about the, um, uh, if, if I'm, if what is it if i'm not the solution there's not a problem if i'm not the problem there's not a if, if I'm, I'm not the problem there's not a solution there you go that's the one <laughs> and it's true some of them are some of them are too catchy <laughs> some of them are pretty uh sometimes they get a little hokey but of course they were written almost 100 years ago so well i mean it, it definitely it definitely applies i just flows together so smoothly i couldn't i couldn't get that it out straight <laughs> yeah that one's a that one's a good one yeah oh that's man good. that's good it just is oh. it's not good it's not bad we just accept try to accept life without interfering kind of like being the observer the passerby like they talked about in the book of thomas Oh yeah, you know I need to finally read that. I really do. You want you want to read it one Wednesday? We could do that. You want to read it sometime? What do you want to read next? Well, do you want to go back through some more chapters? That, that, we do need we do need something next. You know what's interesting is um, uh, what was I? So, God, how long have we been doing this now? It's been a couple of years, better? Yeah. More? More. Uh, yeah. It's amazing how long it takes you to work your way through 81 verses, you know. Uh, well, we'd miss a week or talk about yeah. something else or something. So it's, you know, it's taking time. It's No, it's fine. I mean, it's, I mean, it's not like there's a, you know, it's not like there's a, you know, timeline or anything, but yeah, um, the gospel of Thomas or the book of Thomas, whichever one it is, I'll look at, there's two of them. There's a gospel and a book in the Nag Hammadi. I'll look and see which one's the one that we quote all the time. One we quote all the time. The other we don't. So I'll look at it and figure that out. Yeah, we can look at it for sure. Um, but 
Well, well so one of the things that, that I thought was interesting was um, uh, talking about the uh, Marshall Davis, uh, one of the ones, one of his recent podcasts, he was talking about the gospel of Thomas. Um, oh, yeah, he was, wasn't he? Yeah. And so I had picked up a couple of his books and uh, on uh, the, the Tao of Christ was one of them. And I was looking at his other ones and um, which I haven't read it yet. So I'm, I mean, I'm couldn't say much about it, but his other one, uh, one of his other ones is called experience, experiencing God directly. And I was like, well, man, that seems like it, you know, <laughs> if there's anything to get, that's the thing, <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. So I was like, I better, I better go ahead and pick that one up. <laughs> so, uh, so anyway, I was just, you know, like thumbing through it and he talks about like one of like the, there's, you know, like they have like little, a lot of times books will have like a little quote just on its own page by itself at the beginning, you know? And so he has a quote from, uh, brother Lawrence and I just thought it was funny because it reminded me of like when we very first started reading through the Tao stuff, like right before we started, we were going to read through the brother Lawrence book. Um, it was, Would you like to read uh, that? Have, uh, have we not read that one? We started it. We oh, we started it. Okay. And uh, what happened was when we started that book, like we would sit down to talk about it and you'd be like, here, check out this verse in the Tao that I was just reading. Yeah. And, and, uh, and, and then we would wind up and we would talk about that. And so we did that for like two or three weeks. And I was like, you know what? This seems to be like, this seems to be what we're, we're the direction we're going in right now. Why don't we just read that? And you were like, yeah, let's do that. And, uh, Anyway, that was even before we started the podcast, I think. Yeah, sure. Yeah. I mean, it's been a while, but, uh, I just thought it was interesting, you know, seeing it, uh, thought it was an odd place for, uh, brother. Well, it's not really an odd place, but I just thought it was an interesting place for him to pop back up, you know? Yeah. Now, uh, Marshall Davis did a translation of brother Lawrence. Did he? Yeah. I'm reading that with another sponsee right now. His translation or the, the regular one? His okay. translation. Okay. Interesting. But, uh, we can read anything you want if you... Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, di- I didn't have a, a an idea. I was just thinking about it. It's good. It's real good. It's a, it, it shows that same idea of emptiness, that same idea of surrender of taking the moment for what it brings um, and having an open heart toward what I can do in the moment rather than what I can uh, control and contrive. Mm -hmm. Very much the attitude that we're supposed to have from the 58th verse here, you know, content to serve as an example, not impose my will radiant, but not blinding straightforward but not imposing causing no harm 
Anything to add to this? Uh, I don't know. I can't think of it. Are you good? I'm good, man. We'll see you next week. Hello, this is Buddy C. I wanted to make you aware of several recovery-related resources that I've posted in the episode description. These resources include a list of recovery podcasts, a free sober meditation app, daily recovery email, shared Google recovery calendars. Hope you put some of these resources to use and have a great week. Thank you for listening to the Tao of Our Understanding Recovery Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with your friends in recovery.